If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Put a little spring in your step with great savings rates from Andrews Federal Credit Union. From now through March 31st, you'll earn 3.75% APY on your savings when you open our three-month Spring Forward Share Certificate. Start with as little as $1,000 and watch it grow. Open your new share certificate at Andrews Federal and spring forward toward your savings goals. Get started now at andrewsfcu.org. Andrews Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. APY equals annual percentage yield. For eligibility and membership requirements, visit andrewsfcu.org. Welcome to Pop Law Podcast. I'm your host, Desiree, and I'm still not your attorney. Pop Law Podcast is presented to you by Revolt Podcast Network. Pop Law is back with a new sound, same show, and all things pop culture and law. It's Women's History Month, so I have to show some love to my ladies. On this episode, I am sitting down with social media marketing strategist and creator of community organization, Black Girls Who Write. Tamika Faulkner. We are talking about all things power of community and the importance of black books. Please welcome Tamika Faulkner. What's up? What's up? What's up? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm glad that LA is beautiful outside today. Oh, yes. We have had rain for what seems like two years, (laughs) but probably two months, but it is unusual and L.A. people are not happy about it at all. Not at all. I'm just ready to be outside with no coat. I'm still wearing like a down trench. I know. It's like, what is going on? I don't know. I mean, while we're complaining, I guess we did need the water. But I am a little bit nervous that the summer is going to be super hot. I'm just going to be prepared to have all the fans ready in a mister. <laughs> yes, protect a style so our hair and edges don't sweat out. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So before we get into the topic booked and busy, let's get into some rapid fire questions. Caramel or caramel? I hate both. <laughs> <laughs> caramel? Okay. Hot or cold? Hot. Toni Morrison or Maya Angelou? Oh, my God. (laughs) You got to pick one. Toni Morrison. Okay. And because it is the 50th year of hip-hop, Little Kim or Foxy Brown? Oh, you are killing me. (laughs) (sighs) Little Kim. Okay, okay, okay. Um, And what are your favorite three books by Black authors? Oh, this is hard yes they got harder oh my goodness um i would have to go with a classic um the color purple okay and there is a book called love notes by christina c jones she is a black indie author that is like oh i want to be in love right now and then the third book i want to say Shonda Rhimes has a book that's called like the year of yes Mm -hmm. and I try to read it like once a year because it's just so positive and even though everyone's like you need to say no more there are certain things where I want to say yes to okay 
So I've always heard about that book and people saying, it's my yes year after I read the book, but I've actually never read that book. So I will read that coming from you. I'm I'm going to read it. You want to borrow mine? Yes. Send on my bookshelf. Okay, yes. Okay, I'll get it to you. All right. The year of yes. Um, so to frame this episode's discussion surrounding the importance of building community through writing and books, let's first highlight a few books by Black authors that have been banned for various reasons. Books such as Their Eyes Are Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston, Go Tell It to the Mountain by James Baldwin, The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, The 1619 Project by Nicole Hannah-Jones, and Hood Feminism by Mickey Kendall. These books, again, have been banned for various reasons, but all are very important to our community and our culture. I have not read them all. I have read some, and they are very profound. But the issue with banning Black books is that uh, they are trying to erase the Black experience. They, meaning the powers that be, the collective, whoever you want to call them, Black history, And it's important that we continue to shed light on these types of books and not let the laws and bills that are coming around in different states diminish our history because it is important, not only important to our community, but for all communities. Uh, So while we did highlight some of those books, uh, there are others that have been banned and we won't focus on that during this discussion, but it was important. We are going. We are here to celebrate our writers and communities and who all support them. So we just have to throw that out there. Have you read any of those banned books? Yes. Um, the Bluest Eye I read in high school, my mm-hmm. senior year. And then I had to read it again in college. And I had to compare The Bluest Eye to Push. Mm-hmm. So for that to be banned, I'm just like... There's so many things that young black girls or adults can take from that book. And they don't even necessarily have to be black, but it's... Push or uh, the bluest eye? Both. Okay. Um, Because it's looking at colorism. It's looking at the standard of beauty. It's looking at everything and comparing pretty much apples to oranges when it's really like there's a message beyond this. Yeah. So... I love The Bluest Eye. It's one of my favorite books. Yeah, I love The Bluest Eye as well. And for those of you who have not read The Bluest Eye, I 100% recommend it. But correct me if I'm wrong, it has been a while. But it's essentially, uh, again, a book about colorism, a dark-skinned girl who did not believe that she was beautiful. And I believe she was praying for her blue eyes and received it, right? hmm Yeah. So I remember a little bit. Yeah, because there was a doll. Yeah, it was a doll. Uh-huh. Talk a little bit more if you remember it. If not, we can move on. We don't want to spoil it for y'all, but it is a really great book, particularly with uh, colorism being talked about again and prevalent um, in the, in our community, unfortunately, yes. but that's I'm, systematic. I'm going to let the people just do their Googles and do their own research. Yes, purchase. Purchase the book. Yes. Yeah. So what is the earliest memory you have of a book that you read about uh, by a black author. We talked about the bluest eye, but your earliest memory. Oh my goodness. So, you know, like as kids, I went to private school my entire life. So we would always have book fairs and I don't know if they did this at public schools. Yeah, they did. Okay, cool. 
So my mom will be like, okay, you have a book fair. It's book fair week. Like, make a list. My list would be full of black authors. Okay. Anyone I could find. Mm-hmm. And it would be like a couple hundred dollars. And she'd be like, to me, good. <laughs> Let's be realistic. You're not reading all these books. But I did. Okay. And so the first couple of books that I fell in love with, and I can't remember, like, I know the authors, but I cannot remember the who wrote what. Mm-hmm. But Sharon M. Draper, mm-hmm. um, Walter D. Myers, mm-hmm. Jacqueline Woodson, those were, like, my top reads as okay. a child. I was, like, Forged by Fire. Like, I was reading everything. Mm-hmm. And those book fairs were, like, an introduction for me of, like, what else is going on in the world? What can I dream of? What are the different things that my community can write? And yeah. that made me want to be a creator in so many different way- ways. I would write plays. I would write poems. Mm-hmm. I wanted to act. That did not go far. <laughs> not saying that I can't. Right. But I was just like, let me be realistic yeah. with myself. Mm-hmm. And just being a kid and my grandmother, who's Jamaican, she always was like, you need to read your book and you need to read your Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't really read the Bible much, yeah. but I had to because yeah. I was in private school. So I had to do catechism, all that stuff. But like I wanted escapism. Yeah. And so it was always books or it was the Internet. OK. And, and that's great uh, that books was your escape. I know. Sometimes that is not the first choice, but it's great that you started so young with that being your outlet. How did you get into black books and know about these black authors to create that list? You know what? I don't even remember. I just love going to the book fairs, Mm -hmm. seeing, you know, the different types of books. Because I think back then that's when like Harry Potter was out and all that stuff. But I like never I didn't get into Harry Potter until probably high school. I never read a Harry Potter book. I've I listened to them in audio. Okay. But I would just go straight towards like where are the book accessories and then where are the books by black authors? Okay. And they would like make tables and stuff like that. And sometimes they'd be intertwined, but that's how I pretty much like got to know who wrote what. Okay. And then from buying those books, my mom would like take me to the library. So it would be a thing because, remember, it was Book It back yeah. then. I don't know if they still do it at Pizza Hut, but every, I would oh, yeah, yeah. go get my books, and I would read it. So then every Friday, I can get my free pizza. Mm-hmm. we go to Blockbuster across the street. I get my little pan pizza, my Pepsi, my book, <laughs> yeah. and my movie. And it was just like a nice little treat every yeah, week. Yeah, you had a whole situation going. I sure did. It was fun. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, I don't know if they still have stuff like that. I'm kind of removed from the school system. <laughs> I don't have any children, and my nieces and nephews are uh, younger. But that is a great experience that we need to bring back and remove from the phones a little bit more. Maybe I can ask Pizza Hut to do one for adults. Yeah. That would be kind of dope. Help our book clubs, right? Hello? Yeah, that sounds fun. I'm down for that for sure. And I'm going to start with the year, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you talked about writing uh, plays and books and other creative things. Uh, I also mentioned that you are the founder of Black Girls Who Write. Tell me 
what Black Girls Who Write is. So Black Girls Who Write kind of was ideated by the community and from Twitter. Okay. So within the Black literary indie community, they have like different events, but they're mostly like readers to authors. So okay. readers coming, buying books and there was an author who tweeted like, this is cool, but I would like to have something for authors where we can learn our craft more, be mm -hmm. better, learn other things that we might not be good at, like social, marketing, all that stuff that um, traditionally published companies already provide for their authors. Okay. So when you're indie, you're doing everything by yourself. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, let's like put an event together. This was like back in 2019. I really didn't know what I was doing. Okay. Like I knew how to plan an event. I just didn't know like how far Black Girls Who Write would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the time, my best friend Morgan, she had Black Girls Who Blog. Okay. And I did a poll. Like I let people like pick like, do you want summer? Do you want winter? You want snow? You want heat? You know, what should we name it? this little retreat thing and I put in a couple of ideas and most people like black girls who write. So I text my best friend and I was like, Hey, so I kind of want to do this thing. Maybe it could be like an imprint and I don't want to take away from your crowd. I'll make sure like your tag. So, cause not every blogger is a writer right. in a sense of like I'm writing books, books yep. and stuff like that. And then sometimes we get people who want to write, like, screenplays and journalists. You know, they all trickle in. And she was like, yeah, go for it. And we had our first event in Miami in 2020 and then the pandemic. Yes, the pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic <laughs> happened. But Black Girls Who Write is to amplify um, black authors, black indie authors, um, black women, just we're just here to just make sure like you feel seen and to help them. Mm -hmm. I'm more so on the side of helping and educating than like, hey, let me just promote your book. Because right. It's like you have to know your audience yeah. and everyone's audience is different. And you kind of have to build like a really strong readership. Yeah. Uh, I just first want to say shout out to your friend Morgan, because sometimes in friendships, when you they are doing something and you're inspired by them, they may take it as competition. So the fact that she did not see it that way, told you to go for it, is amazing. Um, so that connection and friendship is just great. So shout out to both of y'all to support each other. And those notes and other people can take away from that. Yes, that's my sandbox sibling since yeah. we were five. Mm -hmm. All right, so y'all doing Black Girls Who Write and Black Girls Who Blog, and y'all go take it to the max and continue to support Black women and educate in all the spaces that they are trying to do. So that's amazing, and kudos to you both for that. Thank you. Um, so let's get back to Black Girls Who Write. For these authors, um, how do you start when people think that they want to write and they don't know how? So we have people that would like email us and they're like, hey, I want to write a book. And during the pandemic, we did a session where we would help people um, learn how to write a book from like start to finish mm -hmm. from like, OK, how do I craft my story to putting everything together? 
And it went really, really well. Some people had already like had their book written and they're like, wow, I really have to like rewrite my whole book. <laughs> and then um, and I try to like partner with people and outsource because, to be honest, I personally don't have the time to really sit down mm-hmm. and help people write a whole book. Yeah. But I want black girls who write to be of service. Yes. So we have a directory with editors and self-publishing coaches and consultants and graphic designers to help people um, get to where they need to go. I know I have a agency that I started because I saw that there was a gap in the black indie community to help authors with like branding and marketing and book covers and, you know, letting them know like you have to package yourself and you have to package what you're selling to make it that people want to buy it. Yeah. If you put your book as a black indie author next to something that's traditionally published at Barnes and Noble, does it look like it belongs on the shelf? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing. It's like, you want to make sure like, just because you're indie, you don't have to be cheap. (laughs) Say that again. (laughs) Because it costs money to make money. Yes. But you have to be smart and you cannot rush quality. Yep. Two, I see a lot of indies that are like doing it full time and I love that for them. But it's like, you're going to burn yourself out. Yeah. And you're going to, like, the market's already oversaturated. Yeah. It's just like music. It's just like movies. It's endless content. Mm-hmm. But if you're not building your community to support your content, then you're just going to be writing and not seeing an ROI. Right. So what about these writers who have multiple stories? I have the these ideas in my heart, and I need to put them all out. Um and the stories don't necessarily go together. How can they decipher and break up? This is what this book number one should be about. This is what book number two should be about. So finding that focus with these different topics. That's so funny because I'm that type of person. But I have a Google Doc of all of like my potential books. Okay. Because I've already written eight. Okay. But I organize it to where, like, okay, these are the main characters. These might be, like, the secondary characters. This is where it takes place. Like, I put, like, this is what it's about. This is the base. Because mm-hmm. I think of writing books like you're, you're a chef. Yeah. You need ingredients. Mm-hmm. Your, your ingredients can't just be the meat or the potatoes. You need some seasoning. Yeah. You need some onions. You need some sides. Right. You need a dessert. You need a full-course meal. Mm-hmm. And if you just throw everything and you don't have all the ingredients into a pot, you're going to get something that no one wants to eat. Yeah. And so it's important to write all your ideas down. I always tell people use Google Docs because it backs up. You can use it on your app. You can take it offline. Mm-hmm. Microsoft Word really be messing stuff up. <laughs> I've seen too, too many people say, I lost my whole book. And I'm like, well, did you back it up? Yeah. Did mm-hmm. you put it in a cloud? Right. Did you save it on a drive? Write everything down. And just get it out your brain Mm -hmm. and then come back like a couple days or a week later to just reorganize everything. Because everything does not have to be in your first book. Right. And sometimes your one book could be a series, if it makes sense. But it's like don't draw out the series to where it's like your readers are like, this could have just been one book. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've seen a couple of books like that, and then it's like, all right, I'm done, and I'm over this, and I lose interest. The same with series on television. Come on, wrap it up, get to the point. Exactly. Uh, so earlier you talked about uh, organizing the book and the different structures. What does that look like? Outlining. I can't say that enough. Outlining and building your story. So when I outline, I make sure like, okay, what places are is my book going to be focused in? Mm-hmm. Is it, am I building a town? Am I using a real town? Like, is it going to be in LA? Do I want to like incorporate like real businesses? Do I want to build my own businesses? Like, what does that look like? Because at the end of the day, if you don't organize and structure what you're writing, you're going to be lost when you go back to read it and edit. Your editor is going to be lost. Your reader is going to be lost because everything has to flow and be cohesive. So if you mention one character and they're supposed to be the best friend, but they don't get mentioned anywhere else in the book, it's like, (laughs) well, what happened to the best friend that you mentioned in chapter two? Yeah. Did they just like die off? Right. So I always say like, find a good way to organize. There's a few, um, People in our community that sell like planners that helps people with story structure, character development. Also, that's another thing. Make sure you're building your characters and your characters need more than just adjectives and adverbs and all that stuff. Like, who are they? And I always tell people dig deep, like give them a birthday. Mm -hmm. Go look at their zodiac sign. Make a whole chart, you know. Did they go to school? Did they not go to school? Did they go to college? Did they go to grad school? Are they a lawyer? Are they in business? Did they build their own business? Like really develop your characters. And I always tell like sometimes my clients, sometimes my colleagues, sometimes my friends, when they are writing, I always tell them like stop reading. Okay. Go watch a movie. Mm -hmm. Go watch a TV show. And I told this to a client the other um, couple months ago. I said, Stop reading your book because you think it's perfect and it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not there yet. Okay. Go. I said, this is what you're missing. You're missing these elements. You need better character development. Okay. You need better monologues for your characters. Mm-hmm. Nothing that I'm reading is profound where it's like, ooh, I felt this. Yes. Uh-huh. I said, go watch Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. We know Shonda Rhimes is good for a monologue. Go <laughs> <Yes>. watch Scandal. <laughs> I said, if you want to... Think about like how your book could be adapted to a film or a show. You need to watch stuff that has been adapted. I Mm -hmm. said, go watch Where the Crawdads Sing Mm -hmm. on Netflix and see, like I've never read the book, but I love the movie. Mm -hmm. And see like how the story is told. Yeah. And if you are leaving out fundamentals of storytelling, your book is just going to be like, I met this guy because I I read a lot of black romance and it's like, girl meets guy you know they do what they do it's a little tug of war and then they get back together or they don't and it's like add some more depth into this like does anyone die yeah does anyone like get sick does anyone like battle something is there anyone with a disability are they queer like add depth yeah to what you're writing and do you think a part of that is the rushing and wanting to get it out and move on to the next thing when people lack that yeah absolutely yeah because I I personally, I write because I just enjoy writing. Okay. Whether one person reads my book or 50 people read my book, yeah. I don't really care about the money. But there's yeah. people that are doing it and, like, this is their full-time thing. This is their art. 
But you want to make sure your art has longevity. Right. And one thing I was watching the other day, you want to make sure your art has staying power. Yeah. So can you write this book today and 10 years down the road, someone will reread it. Right. Kind of yeah. like The Color Purple. Yeah. We're still reading it. Yep. We're still making movies from it. Yeah. And what do you think about ghostwriters? I think ghostwriting is dope if you are that talented to do it yeah I think hey cut the check (laughs) so I've been um approached to do a couple of books or people wanted let's partner and write a book so next I want to get into partnering with people to write a book but I'm like I absolutely do not have time to write a book is my life story interesting maybe to some people you know you sometimes I guess people don't necessarily think their own life is interesting enough to garner a book. I mean, I'm not Malcolm X. I love his autobiography, but this woman said, I think that you should. It is an interesting story from what I do know about you. I want more, but get a ghostwriter. I'm like, well, is it really my book? So I'm happy to hear that you say ghostwriters are okay. Yeah. I mean, depending on who you work with and nine times out of 10, ghostwriters are there to help develop your story. So you can just tell them, like, this is what happened in just raw form, and they just craft it into a way that's like, okay, we can put it in book form. Yeah. But you can look at it as, like, you don't just have to have a book. You can do, like, a serial, like, kind of how you have a podcast. You can do a serial book, an audio version, and just be, like, a storytelling raw moment. You can do a YouTube series. You could do a TikTok series. I think it's... It depends on what you want to do. Right. So if I ever come out with a book, there is no ghostwriter. Y'all didn't hear that comment that I just <laughs> made. <laughs> it is all my words. No, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Um, you know, obviously write the show. But again, it's that fear that sometimes people have of getting started. But you have to start somewhere. So Yeah, absolutely. And then like another thing with like ghostwriting or partnering with people, mm-hmm. Um, when they're crafting your story or a story that you want to tell, you want to make sure that they understand the culture. Right. Yeah. You don't want them writing something and they're like, ah, oh, that's not how you spell it. It's like, that is how I spell it. That's how we, we spell, spell it. it. Yeah. You know, or I don't understand, like, this doesn't make sense right here. And it's like, it does, because I say this all the time in conversations right. with my friends. So you want to make sure, and same goes with like audio books yeah. and narrators. You want to make sure that, they get the culture, yeah. and it sounds like it's from someone that is from the culture. Yeah, so authenticity, yeah. basically. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. And 
So when I think about that, I'm thinking about unauthorized books and unauthorized autobiographies and or biography, excuse me. Um, and the first thought that came to my head was that Dream Hampton book, the unauthorized biography of Jay-Z. What does it mean when somebody has an unauthorized biography of someone else? That means they're just going off of their own research and not talking to the person. And I'm not honestly a big fan of unauthorized stories, especially books, because it's like, did you even get this cleared? Right. And if you didn't get it cleared, I don't know what you're telling me, because some of this stuff, who knows if it's true? You could be talking to anyone that's interacted with that person, but how do you know their story is true? You're only getting one side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I always find those types of books interesting. I didn't read that one, but um, I know it was a lot of controversy with that uh, when that came out. Mm. Uh, So let's get back to Black Girls Who Write. Why was it important for you to create this space? Because it was a space that wasn't there. It was a space that was needed, and it's still the only space that is providing resources in a different light to Black authors, Black indie authors, Black women authors that differentiates itself from everyone else. Everyone else is focused on, like, bloggers and you know, book creators and readers, but it's like, who's helping the authors? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And these authors, uh, writers, what do you hope that they get out of being a part of Black Girls Who Write? I hope that they get to the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the bag. I hope that they unlock another level of within themselves to say like, hey, I can do this. I can pivot, you know, when you're writing your first book and you put your first book out, especially as an indie, you don't know if it's going to be good or not. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, your first book's not always the best. Right. Because you're still growing. As a writer, the best way to get better is to keep writing, to keep studying your craft, to keep reading other books that help with your craft. Yeah. And I always tell people, don't read while you're in writing mode unless you're reading people that can help with your writing. Because you don't want to adapt to bad writing structure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I just overall hope that Black Girls Who Write can just offer more. You know, I want, there's so much stuff that I want to do. I want to partner with photographers Mm -hmm. because it's hard trying to find good quality photos for book covers, for marketing, you know, make my own planner for authors that is like reusable and people can help with their organization and their character development and outlining their book and creating structure. And I want them to know that you can be a writer and make money in other platforms. You could be an influencer, you can yeah. create content and also make sure like, don't forget the, the business side of yes. everything. Yeah. Cause they just say, I want to write a book. And then they forget, like, you do have to pay taxes. <laughs> you do have to look into legal stuff. You right. do have to have contracts when you're working with people. Do not send your book to test readers and not have it watermarked. Do not, you know, not yes. have, give them a contract. Like, you don't want them to steal your work either. Absolutely. And that's why we say have these NDAs when you are sending stuff to people. Register it with the copyright office or WGA, anybody, 
even if it's not done and in its final state. So you can have that protection that you actually do own it and it is your work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is definitely a great point. And as you know, you talked about the retreat earlier. I had the privilege of being at the retreat in L.A. Uh, last year, and it was great to see a bunch of different writers and black women at different uh, stages in their writing career. Some were just starting, some hadn't started, some had wrote a couple of books, but they were all, they are all engaged. And really it was a sense of community for a couple of days uh, that these women got together. It was beautiful. They had so much fun. I know they learned so much from you because they're like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I was, Unfortunately, wasn't able to stay for the full weekend. I think I had to go to either New York or Dublin, something that changed. (laughs) Those are two completely different places, but it was crazy. But I wanted to make sure that I was there. So I just talked to the women about the differences between copyrights, trademarks. Again, those NDAs when you're sharing your story and resources to maintain that protection and ownership. And also you know, any other legal questions that they may have had, including registering businesses and LLCs um, when you're doing this work and going to get payment for the things that you're doing uh, with your books and writing and skills like that. So definitely important for them um, to have all around. Yes. Uh, What I really want to focus on also, we talked about writing, but the overarching uh, ethos that I feel here is storytelling. And you touched on it a little bit. It can be storytelling in books. It can be storytelling in podcasting. It can be in content that you're shooting, whether it's film or anything on social media. Uh, Tell me what storytelling means to you. Story? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Storytelling to me is more than just a beginning, middle, and an end. It's, can I connect to this story? Can I connect to the characters? Am I having, like, am I reacting a certain way because a character did something? Am I getting upset? Am I getting too attached? Am I getting emotional? Am I, you know, reacting by the end of it? Like, well, why did they do this? Yeah. Or why didn't they do this? If the story is not making you have some type of emotional reacting, then it didn't do its job. Yeah. You know, and that goes with like TV, film, books. If I don't feel something by the end of it, I'm just Mm -hmm. like, all right, cool. And it's like not memorable to me. And I always Mm -hmm. tell people, make something that's memorable. And that's why there's books that I can be like, okay, this author's amazing. These are the books you start with. This author's amazing in this. You can read all the books. If you're looking for this book, because it's like, what is making me remember your book? Right. If it's just like, oh, they meet, they have sex, and they go on. Right. Everybody writes that, yeah. to be honest. But what keeps me keep to keep purchasing your mm-hmm. books? What keeps me to keep watching your stories and your movies? Am I, like, shocked by the end? Right. Is there a crazy... I love a crazy um, plot twist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've actually been getting into a lot of... Um, European shows like Spanish shows Uh and Money Heist is one of my favorite shows Uh like one of the best heist shows I've ever seen Uh in my life like probably better than American heist movies yeah and those are the elements I look at 
when I'm ready to story tell and build something like am I going to be surprised right am I going to be let down yeah but if you cannot connect emotionally mm-hmm. then it's just another thing yeah that you just checked a box absolutely and it's that connection that feeling uh where does it take me and you can get that through music, writing, film, everything. So I think that's really important that you talked about that. I'm thinking of a book that I go back to and read all the time that makes me feel, I don't know. I remember, I think every black girl read this book uh, back in the day, and we probably shouldn't have read it, uh, by Sister Soldier. Um, oh, The Coldest One You Ever? Yes. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I was too young to be reading that book. I know. and But the crazy thing with that book is a lot of people love it, and I think it's a great book. Mm-hmm. But it was so long that by the time I got to the yeah. middle of it, I just stopped. I yeah. was just like, where are we going with this? Uh-huh. And I put it down for a really long time, and then I picked it back up. Mm-hmm. But another author that I shouldn't have been reading. Zane. Yes. <laughs> but I read everything. <laughs> I remember I read one Zane book in a day. My mom like, oh, you read that book fast. I'm going to read it too. I'm like, oh, no, I got rid of that before <laughs> she could pick that up. <laughs> it's so funny because the first time I was introduced to Zane, this was like when you would get like random stuff in the mail. Yeah. And I think I was like in middle school. Yeah, I think I was like in sixth or seventh grade. Uh-huh. And Skyscraper just somehow came to the house. My mom don't read, yeah. honestly. Ma, if you listening to this. Just go with it. <laughs> and so I saw the book and I was like, oh, okay. So I opened it up and I was like, oh, I took the cover off and threw it away so oh, my parents wow. wouldn't know what uh, I was reading. Uh, I finished that book in less than 24 hours. Yes, that's how I took it was. to school. <laughs> so then I'd be like, mom, can we go to the library? We go to the library. And she's like, why? Like, you just got books. And I'm just like, well, I finished these already. You finished them, like, in two days? Yes. And those books were thick. They were thick. <laughs> I was literally like, anytime I had free time, I would read. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I know I shouldn't be reading these, but they are keeping my attention. And I feel like Zane kind of taught me how to write my first sex scene because she also has, like, a book to okay. help you um, learn how to write sex scenes, like Neurotica. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, how did we get away with reading these books yeah. at such an early age? Right. And our parents not finding out. My right. parents were so oblivious. Yeah. I mean, but we were reading. We were reading. And then that was around the time, like, she had uh, some of her books be adapted, adapted into a, a show. show. I yeah. was up late watching them shows, <laughs> knowing damn well. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. Zane, that was a time. That was a time, but uh, the art of storytelling, which we go back to. And I want to talk a little bit about um, your storytelling and the work that you do at Macro. You have Macro social media popping. (laughs) I mean, anytime you post these Macro events, I'm like, why wasn't I there again? Or I needed to go, or maybe I should have went, even though, I don't know. So um, the Oscar, pre-Oscar party posts, fire oh my goodness those so when we did Sundance and we had like some of the talent do the power poses we were like we have to do this at pre-Oscars like we have to 
And with me, I love music. Mm -hmm. And I always tie music when I'm writing or working on anything because it always helps with my creativity. So I get like all of the, we didn't get our recap video yet, but we got some of the power poses. And my director's like, we need to just start posting stuff. And I'm like, okay. So I'm looking like, who can I start off with? Yeah. Who has like that fire energy? And of course, we had to do Cheryl Lee Ralph first. Yes. And I was like, okay, I gotta pick out the perfect song. Like, she's Jamaican, I'm Jamaican. Uh -huh. But I want it to be like a fire song mm -hmm. that everybody can relate to. And like, she's just in her star moment. I love it for her. I love it I love for it. her. <sighs> she's so sweet. Yes. So sweet. And I just try to make sure, like, whatever we do, it storytells with the energy of the talent. Mm -hmm. And whatever their interaction is, yeah. and I oh, and that's what people love. Like people are like, "Oh my God, that's so fire! Look at their fit! Look yeah. at this! This is they're the moment!" And just amplifying our own, yeah. which we love to do, mm -hmm. and that's just the beauty of it. And I just I love film, I love TV, and being able to just work in entertainment has always been a dream of mine. Yeah, well, you are doing a phenomenal job with Black Girls Who Write all of your freelance creative endeavors over at Essence, over at Macro. I'm always going to talk about Macro. And then when I look at the post, I'm like, Tamika did it again because <laughs> I should have got up, got out the house and went. I know. <laughs> I know. But um, I'm excited to see everything that you are doing next, not only for these authors, but you individually, everything with um, Black Girls Who Write. Uh, let us know what you have coming up next down the pipeline. So right now I am trying to push out two events this year for Black Girls Who Write. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. We did the Fifty Shades of Purple dinner at our retreat. Yeah. And now I kind of want to take it on tour. All right. So. Well, I'm going to connect you with Gary Mack, who is the producer of Pop Law and also event extraordinaire. He does a lot of the world's largest events and... His specialty is moving things around the world. We're launching them all at the same time very quickly. I love that. So, yes, I will make that connection for you because, again, this is about supporting each other and educating each other, sharing resources and opportunities. And so um, I'm excited for this dinner. It's we had, I wish you could have been there. We had a blast. Listen. I saw the Instagram and then again, <laughs> I'm just like, dang, all right. If y'all, okay, FOMO, all these spells, FOMO for sure. I would have to work with you on Pop Law so it could be FOMO on the show and what I'm doing. I just. We could do a Pop Law dinner. Listen, like a lit dinner. I know. We've been talking about it. I just need to do better with social and the storytelling, I just think. I, do people really care? Because I don't really care. Your posts make me care, but I just don't feel like posting on social. But I know that it's important in storytelling. So I need to figure out the story. You're a busy woman. But this is what I tell everyone. Commit to how many times you want to show up. Yeah. You have people that show up like five times a day. And I look at them like, 
you have too much time on your right. hands. <laughs> and I tried to, you know, when I first started Black Girls Who Write on social, we started Instagram first. And I said, I'm just going to post once a day. Yeah. Just to build a following, to build a community. And it worked to where I'm like, okay, I don't have to post every day. Yeah. I can just post, you know, twice a week if I want to mm-hmm. or once a week if I want to. Yeah. But I always say post with intention. Yeah. And that's what I think uh, a lot of people don't do, which makes me not care and not want to post. And then I believe, again, finding that intention and that authenticity. And so if I don't have the intention to post, maybe it's outsourcing to someone who can create the story, create the intention to build the community. Because I like the community building of the work that we do. I just need to make a translate on social. That's all. That's all. And what, listen... It's going to hit. It is. And it's going to be up and stuck. Oh, my God. You don't even know. You saw the craziness today and everything else. So we go get it together. Um, Tell everyone where they can find Black Girls Who Write. So you can find Black Girls Who Write on Instagram at Black Girls Who Write. And on TikTok, same handle. On Twitter, we are BGWW underscore and on Facebook, but I'm gonna be honest, we on Instagram and TikTok the most, yeah. and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Facebook is low-key a dying breed. Right, I know. Uh, do you want to share any of your personal handles, or you just want to leave them for Black girls who write? You can follow me on Instagram at Mika Alicia M I K A A H L E C I A. And you told us that you wrote eight books. So where can uh, people purchase these? Have you released them? Oh, yeah. They're all on Amazon under my pen name, M.T. Dixon. Okay, M.T. Dixon. And what's your favorite book of yours that you've written so far? I have two. So I think my book that I wrote the best, where I'm like, ooh, I really wrote the hell out of this. It's it's not going to be for everybody. It's very dark. It's mm-hmm. a paranormal, kind of like an Eve's Bayou type mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. um, mixed with like American Horror Story, but black. Um, it's called Haunted in Your Love. Mm. And then my next favorite, I want to say, is First Down, which is a football sports romance. Okay. Which was fun because I love football. So I was like, oh, this is going to be so much fun to write. Well, make sure y'all cop these books on Amazon. I am also going to cop because I believe in supporting black businesses. So we are not giving out free books. You will need to go purchase on Amazon. Yes. All right. Well, Tamika, thank you so much for joining me on Poplaw. I'm so happy to celebrate you for Women's History Month, Black Girls Who Write. You are doing amazing things personally and professionally, and I'm going to continue to root and cheer and watch the growth journey thank you so much for having me this means a lot to me and i'm just so happy to be here thank you thank you so much thank you all for watching pop law podcast you can find pop law on all social platforms at pop law podcast we are streaming on all services uh spotify come on now we are on apple Podcasts. anywhere you get your podcast you can find pop law go to the pop law youtube channel poplawpodcast.com again i am your host desiree and please remember i am not your attorney
Put a little spring in your step with great savings rates from Andrews Federal Credit Union. From now through March 31st, you'll earn 3.75% APY on your savings when you open our three-month Spring Forward Share Certificate. Start with as little as $1,000 and watch it grow. Open your new share certificate at Andrews Federal and spring forward towards your savings goals. Get started now at andrewsfcu.org. Andrews Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA, APY equals annual percentage yield. For eligibility and membership requirements, visit andrewsfcu.org. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.